Hey, you're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about The Way. Roman, this is The Way. Let's get started. Episode four, it's only taken me probably 15 minutes to get ready to say that out loud because I couldn't remember what episode it was and I was tired and we were talking about ham and Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're trying to get your motivation. You have a mimosa here, but it's a, (laughs) it's not, it's an energy mimosa. There is no, it's an energy mimosa. There is no alcohol. It is mimosa flavored. Um, (laughs) Right. I think. More mimosa, please. Right. It is, it is delicious. I will say that. Alani knew. Mm -hmm. We're not sponsored by them, but Alani, if you'd like to sponsor us we would really enjoy that uh, we're, we're not hurting for sponsors man we're doing okay yeah we're not hurting for it but like i'm not gonna say no right Be- i don't see energy drink but I, I would i would shoot a, a different direction don't you need a, a camera for the youth group let's let's go to right. canon or yeah Nikon fair. Or right something that's like fair. that we do, i do need that we do i do need a, a yeah. camera maybe for the youth listeners group. out here maybe some what do you yeah. need what did you say we're, slr we're looking for a dslr something that does some 4k video as well <laughs> um just put it out this is like a craig the craigslist of yeah uh podcasts yeah you know what i haven't even considered using craigslist in so long because of facebook marketplace Facebook right. is like the Walmart of well, the Well, they're just wiping. I know. They're just wiping everybody I, out. And and I use it, though. That's the problem is that I use it. Oh, Eventually, yeah. people are going to be like, ew, Facebook, yeah. just like they do with Walmart sometimes. Yeah. Although I bought a Christmas story uh, poster through Facebook Marketplace, and I haven't gotten it yet. I paid for it. Oh. So there's, there's problems there. You're not getting that. All right, Roman, I thought before we actually jumped into the topic for today, we'd sure. open up some listener mail. Uh, okay. Because people have questions. Oh, good. People have questions for you. They want to know, the listeners, the people, Roman, want to know, mm. um, since you're going through a second renovation here in your office, does that mean that the renovation at your house is done? <laughs> <laughs> it No. Um, it is not done at the house. We are, we are very, very near done. It's like minor things in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and then we move on to both bathrooms. Well, one bathroom at a time. Right. Um, and then that's after, probably smart. You need to have one probably, working probably bathroom. One working bathroom. And you then do from, have that outhouse, that makeshift outhouse. That, right. <laughs> No, I'm good. That's not, I have no desire to do that. Um, but then we'll move to the den. And um, then after that, sure. I'm just impressed that you just have these multiple projects going. We're in the midst of kind of a war zone in here in our yeah. recording studio. Mm-hmm. There's exposed uh, nails and yeah. all, uh, it, this is a, many OSHA violations are here. Oh but yeah, absolutely not. That's not, I wouldn't suggest any children be in this room. Nope. It's not going well. Nope. Absolutely not. But yeah, it's uh we're, we're changing it up, making things a little bit different. Um, if you are familiar with what my office looks like, there are now no more built-ins. They are gone. And some people are like, why? Why would you take out built-ins, Roman? I'm crazy. Well, all, once all this, um, once all the wood and the exposed nails and the uh, <laughs> the electrical wiring and all these other uh, <laughs> There's a whole things that could kill with us. wires up there. Once all those are gone, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, it's 100%. It's going to be amazing. The amount of holes I have to fill with putty is pretty ridiculous, by the way. It is. 
Um, and if you were listening and you were one of the people that helped put together those built-ins, like way to go, <laughs> because that was genuinely one of the most sturdy things I've ever taken apart. It was very difficult. And like, that's really cool of you, but well, that, that individual, I'll tell you, he, he built a, a ramp at my parents' house that has, that will still be there one when the house is leveled. Yeah. It's well, uh, yeah, the guy that I, I helped him pull the, pour the concrete footings for it. <laughs> well, the guy that was helping me take the built-ins out was like, uh, this was going to stand the test of time forever. <laughs> the church is coming down, but the built-ins aren't. <laughs> All right. So we have to let with, with that update, thank you for answering. Everybody wanted to know. Oh, all right, good. People okay. wanted to know, wanted to make sure um, that everything was going smoothly with your home oh, and yeah. office renovations. Yeah, well, smoothly isn't, I don't know if that's the right word choice, but we'll go with it, sure. Awesome. So where are we headed now, Roman? We've been we've been hitting some heavy, heavy subjects, yeah. um, or at least subjects that had potential controversy. So we decided to turn in a little bit different direction this week. Yeah. So, you know, we, we were kind of a little bit mysterious with saying the way. And I, that was intentional because we could be. We can be a little bit mysterious if we feel like it. Um, but the, the idea, the question that I posed to Brad um, when we were considering the next topic was, um, uh, you know, if, if you could describe or be a part of or, you know, create the perfect church in quotes or whatever, what would that be like? And, you know, that is a question that I'm sure has an infinite amount of answers because I think it probably looks different to a whole lot of people. Um, but that doesn't necessarily answer the question as to why we used the way. Well, and I'll, the reason why when you asked me that question, I went straight to that, that descriptor. And first of all, that, that descriptor, that phrase, the way mm -hmm. is a phrase that's used primarily in acts. Yeah. Um, you know, it's used several times early on in Acts, but then as you get to chapters 18, 19, 20, 21, mm -hmm. you, especially once there starts to be uh, persecution yeah. uh, that, um, you know, that, that kind of opens up against the Christians, they, they're referred to as followers of the way, yeah. members of the way. Um, and in, in fact, Paul... When he was when he was Saul before he became the persecutor of Christians, he was given the authority to go after followers of the way. Yeah. And so I guess the reason why I threw that out there is because just that phrase, I'm not sure that that phrase has a whole lot of baggage, but I feel like the word church and and even the label Christians and Christianity mm -hmm. has a lot of baggage. Yeah. So when we say like our perfect church, uh, sort of the the English um, major in my head, my in my college linguistics class, I start thinking about how we, when we hear words, we construct uh, meanings and and pictures in our head based on um, stereotypes, based yeah. on experience. So when you say perfect church, mm -hmm. where your mind goes, forget about even the perfect part, but when you say church. It is so driven by your experience mm -hmm. and what you've what you've borne witness to in your life, and same for me. Yeah. So I thought if we talked about this the way, um, maybe that could break open some of those uh, experience-driven stereotypes and images, so we could start to think 
differently about what church even is or looks like. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's exactly where you know when I was you know kind of trying to get my stuff together for for this episode was you know that exact thought was okay what are what do I even think church is in general and then you know what have what have I experienced or what have other people you know kind of talked to me about what they consider church or through conversations that I've had and um I gotta be real honest I guess I'm gonna go ahead and drop a bomb about you know nine-ish minutes into this episode that I am kind of tired of the what people consider church to be on both ends of the spectrum because I don't think that and and and, and I'll get to whose fault that is here in a second but I don't think either side is giving it fairness and 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 you know I'll start with the um we're going to call them holy people um, people that, and holy people is like, what a crazy stretch. We'll go with Christians. I'll just say Christians. It makes me feel better about it. Um, you know, Christians, I think have this weird idea and perspective of, of church is the people that you, you know, see on a Sunday morning, um, or a Wednesday night class or something like that. And like, that's just what they consider church to be, or like, I'm going to go to church and they really kind of turn this building into the symbol of whatever church is. And, um, and typically it would, you know, be labeled. So it has, yeah. you know, it has a physical location. There is a name on a sign out in front of it. That's usually pretty important in terms of identity. Yeah. You know, there is a character of people there in terms of exactly what they believe mm-hmm. and exactly what they don't believe and how they distinguish themselves from other places that have signs out front that don't say the same things as the sign out in front of your church says. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can go to almost any church website and there's like an about section that probably says our beliefs. Yeah. Save the face, our beliefs, something like that. Right. And I'm not necessarily knocking that. I think it's not a bad idea because then, you know, I mean, people like to be around like-minded individuals. You feel good about it. And I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but also be careful of the idea of not challenging yourself at times. Um, but, you know, that that's, that's one end of the spectrum. And I think the opposite end of the spectrum is the people that would not consider themselves um, Christians or people that would not consider themselves churchgoers. Um, and, you know, they would say, oh, that's just a group of people, a group of fake people. Or, you know, the church is, is a place to um, be a hypocrite or churches. I mean, and, and it's, it's viewed as a and, and I think on both ends. Oh, you're, so you're talking about just I want to make sure I understand what sure. this spectrum that you're talking about. You're actually talking about the people who, you know, strictly define church as, you know, the, in the way sort of they experience church. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're saying on the other end of the spectrum it's not necessarily people who define church differently. They might actually define it the same way. They just have negative uh, connotations to that. They, they would say that those people, you know, I don't know, they're a cult or they would right. disagree with what they say, mm-hmm. right? I, I, is that what you're saying? I mean, I don't want to put words into your mouth. I want to make sure I understand who's on the other side of that spectrum. Right. Well, I, I think what I'm, I'm trying to define here is is just the the people on ends like who are on opposite ends of the spectrum that I'm talking about. One side would be um, I'm just going to say Christians who would consider themselves people who attend a worship assembly on a regular okay. basis, yep. and then the other end of that spectrum are people who like intentionally 
do not go or stay away from that. Okay, yes, yeah, so, but in the, I guess there could be a lot of reasons why people do that, right? I mean, exactly. the people could be spiritual, but they could say, for for example, maybe not. It's necessarily not necessarily the hypocrisy. They may just distrust institutionalized religion. I mean, it could be a lot of different. Maybe hypocrisy. Oh yeah, is right, one, absolutely. But there could be lots of different reasons. Sure, why. right, and and I'm and I'm just trying to give a, a generalization okay. of of the idea here is both ends. For the most part, this is obviously a generalization, and at some point everybody argues with the generalization. That's okay. But Go ahead. Yeah. Um, the, the idea here is that church is viewed as a what, and I struggle with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's not at all how it should be viewed. And, and both ends get it wrong consistently. So this episode isn't a... Um, I don't want it to turn into any kind of bash session in general, but I also want this episode to be for everyone, the the entire spectrum. Um, understand that, like, I'm not speaking to just a group of people who consider themselves, you know, consistent worship goers, worship gathering goers, and then a, the group of people who, you know, you know, ign- intentionally stay away from. And I, I think that both ends got a lot to learn um, somewhere in 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 the middle. Um, because neither side really seemingly regularly has a good grasp of what I think it's supposed to be. Well, this, I think, brings us back to this phrase, the way, at least to me, because when you start talking about the way, it starts sounding weird when you say, oh, um, where do you go to the way? Where, where, Where do you live the way? Yeah. Where do you follow the way? Oh, we follow the way at, you know, uh, 1300 Little John Drive in yeah. Norfolk, Virginia. Right. I mean, that it's just the way it's like it's something to me, um, early Christianity. And I, I hopefully if we get to some scripture today, I thought it'd be interesting to maybe, you know, look at Acts chapter two, look at Acts chapter four. But if you look at the earliest Christians their their identity seemed to be so much more based around living in a different way mm-hmm. yeah or living in a certain way mm-hmm. you know maybe it's different but it's it, it's a certain way yeah and so that's what made them distinguish that's why people were saying hey do they follow the way well the reason why they could identify them is because they look they looked different. They acted different. It wasn't that, oh, those are the people who go to the building that looks like this, or those mm-hmm. are the pe- people who don't go to the building that looks like this. Yeah. So in, in back to your point, it doesn't seem, they didn't seem to be hitting either of those sides of the spectrum. Exactly. And going or not going, it was that the way, mm-hmm. you say, the way that they did everything, everything they did was in a certain way. And, and we, and I think it'd be interesting to explore, well, what is that? Yeah. And, and, and what if that is maybe a better marker of Christian identity than, than what church you attend on a Sunday? Well, exactly. And I think that that's the main point of this entire episode is, is really trying to get to the idea of what church is supposed to be and what, and or no, wait, let me let me say that the correct way, who church is supposed to be, um, because people would say, and myself included, what church is supposed to be. It's who, 
And 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 in deciding that, um, understanding that if we and I know, oh, man, there's so many. We are the church. You can't go to church. I hear that. Heard that growing up all the time. I still hear it. And I get it. And I understand it. And it makes a lot of sense. It's a little cliche. That doesn't mean that it's not any less true than it is. But with an understanding of it, if it is who you are, then it has to affect everything that you do, right? Well, if the, if the church, if the ecclesia is, is a gathering of followers of the way, of people who are living in a certain way, and it just happens to be a grouping of them, then it, it doesn't really matter where you are anymore, right? The, right. the location doesn't matter. So you said, let, let me put my finger on that on that point right there, you said you were raised because I heard the same thing mm-hmm. was that, you know, the, the church, um, the church isn't a place. We are the church. But can you tell me, Roman, about your personal experience? And I'm happy to share mine, too. What was your experience growing up, you know, going to a church building? And I know you went to a number of churches, but, you know, just generally speaking, going to a church building how did you how did you see the identity of the church? You knew that people said that. Yeah. So people paid lip service to that notion that it's not just where you go, it's mm-hmm. it's who it, the church is us. Right. But how did you actually see that play out? Well, you know, obviously it's it's an interesting perspective from my end because my dad was a minister. Um and from a perspective of seeing my dad, it was pretty awesome because I th- I think that he did a a phenomenal job of of living it. Um, it was more than just his profession. It was more than just going to a building on a, you know, during certain times. But if I'm being honest, um, the, the church was two different individuals. Um, it was, it was a, a group of people who came together and put on a really cool face. And, a, I worship the Lord during this time. And then there was once I leave the building and maybe Sunday ended up being a good day, I guess a good Christian day, but you know, skip forward to Tuesday or, you know, Thursday night softball league. And it seems seemingly a completely different individual. And I, you know, and, and I mean, I struggle with that a little bit because I didn't really understand it. Um, then I became that for a little while mm-hmm. and, um, I did get a good grasp on it. And I think that that just, you know, I could get into a whole big spiel no, 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 about but that's really good. I mean, that's helpful. Um, I think it's helpful. I, I'm imagining that a lot of the people listening had similar experiences. Sure. I mean, I certainly thought that, I mean, by the time I got to be the age of like, you know, my oldest son, who's like, you know, 14 about to be, uh, um, I'm sorry, 14. Oh my gosh. He's 15, mm. 15, about to be 16, about to, uh, You're getting you know, old, get his, Brad. about to get his, uh, learner's permit. <laughs> by the time I was into his age, I, you talked about hypocrisy earlier. Yeah. I started to really sort of detect that. I think kids can probably detect that a lot earlier these days, yeah. but I started to detect that where, like you said, it started to seem like, okay, wait a second. Like, so, all right, this is the day when everybody sort of puts you know, these suits on and, yeah. you know, dresses in a certain way and they get up in front of microphones and speak in a certain way with a lot of King James turns of phrase in their prayers. Oh, Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Right. They, so they, they slip into a jargon and they say different things and I don't know, act in different ways. And then when they, when they leave, 
um, it, it, that's not necessarily the case. And and that's and you know my dad was a a, a lay minister and a, and an elder and and pastor and a preacher for for years too. And so I mean I also I think was fortunate to see somebody who who lived consistently. But I guess what I felt is I felt an increasing disconnect between the life or the way yeah. <laughs> I was living and others were living outside the church because it, it just felt like even, even those, even those who I think were good people and mm-hmm. lived good, honorable lives outside of the church. It's like, even they felt like they had to turn it up to some different level when they walked into a church Yeah, in the way that they spoke, even in sort of maybe the judgments that they would make or the things they would say. Um, so that, that was my experience. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I would gather that that's, that is pretty normal for a fair amount of people. And I, I, I wish that wasn't the truth. Um, but unfortunately, I think it's it's kind of where we're at because um, I, I, I there's I think there's that that idea of wanting to be accepted, and uh, there are people that you do separate things with outside of coming to a building and 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 worshiping right. And when you're here, you're included. You're a part of all of that. You want to be accepted, so it's something that you do to be accepted, right? And then you go to I'm just using Thursday night softball league as a thing because. Sure. I love Thursday Night Softball League. If, if you have a softball league, please invite me. I want to be on it really bad. <laughs> um, but the – that's not happening. You're going to throw your arm out. I know. Um, but anyway, um, that – you know, that's a place where, you know, you, you have your – your friends who maybe are like I kind of said earlier, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, maybe not even that far, right? But they're mm-hmm. they're they wouldn't consider themselves consistent quote churchgoers, right? And I'm I'm using this because at some point we have to have some sort of line that we're talking about with different people, right? And I'm not saying yeah. that one side is better no, than the no, other. I'm just you. trying to make it uh, some sort of um, differentiation, right? And so. When you do that, when you're with that group of people, you want to be accepted, you want to be liked, and so you become like them. And and so I'm going to say maybe another bold statement here. I would say that if you are a follower of the way, they would want to become more like you if you're doing it the right way. You would not succumb to the idea of being like them because you're confident in what the way is. Yeah. Or... I, who the way is maybe I could get into that, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, to use maybe a little bit of scripture here because I don't know. I love, Go for it. I love Jesus. Some, I love Jesus a little bit. Um, I know that I, I know that we're going to get into Acts, but um, I think John fourteen six says something um, pretty spectacular, mainly because Jesus said it. Um, and you know, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. I think it's, it's, it's interesting there that Jesus specifically says, I am the way. Um, and I think it's important that we understand that because obviously I believe that he is, but, um, we're going to get into the way and we're going to look at the way in, in acts and you're going to see the way with the W capitalized um, rather than lowercase, and I know that maybe that's getting a little bit technical, but yeah. um, well, you can, some importance that, there. That's a really straightforward statement, that, or at least it seems straightforward. Jesus says, I am the way. Yeah. But, you know, you can sort of take that in a lot of different directions. 
Um, and here's what I mean by that. Like when you, when you actually focus in on all of Jesus' life and teaching across the Gospels, you see that what he seems most focused on is, is teaching people this way. So mm-hmm. when, he, when he says he's the way, I don't, at least for me, um, it's not about, oh, well, Jesus says he's the way, so this is all about me intellectually assenting that Jesus is the only way to the exclusion of all other ways. So once I assent to that proposition, I have now checked the box that Jesus is the way. <laughs> that's, that's perhaps one way to look at it. But to me, if you look at his life in the four Gospels, mm-hmm. Jesus seems to be showing you what the way is. It's the way that he lived. It's the pattern that he lived, the pattern of self-sacrifice, the pattern of focusing on others, the pattern of humility, um, the pattern of, of, of generosity, the pattern of forgiveness, the pattern of mercy, all these different things. And then when you actually, I don't want to take it away. I want to I want to hear what you have to think, what you think about this Jesus is the way phrase too. But then if you go, you know, without going to a reading, but you go to the end of Acts chapter two and Acts chapter four, and you see those earliest Christians right from the day of Pentecost and in the weeks and months and years after that, what were they doing? What was the way? Is it because they all sat around and were like, we agree Jesus is the way. Or what is the descriptor? Well, the descriptor is that they came together. They ate together. They spent time together. When there were people among them that had needs, they met those needs. They, they visited each other in each other's homes. Mm-hmm. You know, they made sure that, that, you know, those who were wealthy among them were helping the ones who were, who were poor right. among them. Right. Yeah. And that, and, and they were, they were happy. They were celebrating. And, and what it was doing to your point is it was drawing more and more people. Them living in that way. Yeah. Was drawing more and more people to them living in that way of Jesus. What I don't think they were doing is just standing on the street corner with a bullhorn. They didn't have bullhorns, but they weren't doing it with like a a cone or whatever, a trumpet or I I don't know, screaming at people (laughs) that they're going to hell unless they believe that Jesus is the way. They were actually living in this way that was like magnetic and compelling to people. Well, yeah, and, and I think that that's what I was getting at was the idea that I'm, I, I believe Jesus is the way. And, and I think that um, so our, our theme for our congregation this year is discipleship. And I think that, I mean, obviously, that's, a, that's an important part of, you know, a Christian walk is the idea of discipleship. And I think that, um, what do disciples do? They are a follower of something, right? Um, and, and, and you could even go so far as to say to emulate or imitate as close as you could to whatever that thing is. And so for Jesus, for me, for Jesus to say, I am the way, 
I need to be as a disciple as much like Jesus as I can possibly be. And, and not just, um, not just like me say Jesus is the way, but do what Jesus did as right. a, as a disciple. And so I, I think it, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, and I, I think it's important that I, I mean, I, I do think, I mean, I, I still think that when, you know, in, in Acts, they're, they're talking about both of what we're, I think they're talking about what you're saying and what I'm saying, because it is, it is Jesus because Jesus laid it out for us to do. And so if I can be Jesus for somebody, obviously that's a, that's a bold statement, right? But I think that that's, that's the idea, right? If I can give somebody the, if I can give somebody love, if I can give somebody compassion and grace and forgiveness, exactly what Jesus did. I may not be, they may not be able to like touch my cloak and be healed of, you know, leprosy or something. But, no. you know, it, it, the, the idea there is that, um, you might be able to help them find healing. I mean, maybe right. that's not, maybe it's not like you said from leprosy right. or blindness or something, sure. but you know, yeah, it, but that, that's the idea, right? It, it, is that, um, it, is that we can be Christ for people because we can, we have the opportunity to do the things that Jesus did because he was also a man. Yeah. He was also human and yeah, he was also God, but he was also human. Yeah. You know, the favorite thing that Jesus calls himself more than he called, more than he calls himself anything else in, in the new Testament is this phrase son of man. Yeah. And that it's really interesting because it, um, what it really means is he is sort of dub- doubling down that, look, I am the human one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I, am, I am the human one. Mm-hmm. I, I, am a, I am a son of man. He loves taking that sort of Old Testament reference and, and saying, look, this, this is me. It's almost like, you know, I, I feel like we're, we, this has got to be a thing that we, we do every time. We've got to bring it back to Genesis every single time. <laughs> but we always seem to reference Genesis. But from the very beginning, you know, if we accept that God is our creator, however it, however it worked out, but if we accept that God is our creator and that the divine, you know, knit us together, all right, and, yeah. and understands us, then when the divine um, is, is manifest— through the Son of Man, through through Jesus, the human one, mm-hmm. and shows us sort of like this is how to live, then it only makes sense. This let me say it this way: this is the way to live. Yeah. It only makes sense that if we then live in that way, we are now aligning ourselves with the creative power of the universe. Absolutely. The same power that created the universe. We are now aligning ourselves with that. And that doesn't mean that life will then be perfect. That doesn't mean that no problems will then arise. But the energies that we have when we are, when we are merciful, when we are forgiving, when we're self-sacrificing, all these things that Jesus showed us and demonstrated, yeah. when we focus on the, the poor, the, those who have less than us, right? Uh, giving of, of what we have. When we do all those things, when we, when we, when we look to the outsider mm-hmm. instead of just the insiders, when we do all those things, yeah. we are lining ourselves up with the creative, the same energy that created the universe. And that is a different way of living. Mm-hmm. That is a different way of living. That will look different than the way a lot of other people live. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. I, I mean, I think that, um, okay, I have hesitated and waited too long to make a Mandalorian reference. 
up until this point. You're wearing a Star Wars shirt, by the way. I am. And I enjoy that. Um, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Um, we actually did a, I did, this is really off topic. I'm going to do it anyway. We, my wife and I did a Star Wars puzzle. She's really into puzzles. I'm not, but we did a Star Wars puzzle and she did the, the Mod Podge or whatever it's called. And we're going to, I'm going to frame it. It's going to go in my office and potentially like one of the nerdiest things. That is I've it a big done. one? It's, it's not like, it's not huge. It's like a 20 but, by 27 but like or a thousand like piece or? It was a thousand piece. Okay. So not, two, not a child's puzzle. No, definitely you. not for children. Okay. Um, even though I kind of wish it was cause I'm not good at puzzles, but, um, that's really off topic. It really had nothing to do with anything, but like I'm recent, I'm getting more into star Wars than I really thought I ever would. But, um, welcome to middle age. Yeah. Right. But I, I think a lot of it has to do with the Mandalorian. I really like the show. Yes. I, and, and what's so interesting, I think about, um, one of the things that the Mandalorian does, one of his sayings is this is the way it's like, I don't yet again, I don't know a whole lot of the backstory of Mandalorian and how all of that works. Right. I'm not even going to try to attempt to say that I know that kind of stuff, but what I, we'll do another episode on the, 100 clone wars and the intertestamental <laughs> period and. so um but what, what i have found interesting is uh, a lot of the times you could kind of question some of the things that the mandalorian did or even the way that his people kind of went about doing things right and then they would just be like this is the way yeah and then they just kind of accepted it and that's just how we, that's how you win and 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 like it was different than how maybe yes. the rest of the world put things yes. together and how they would have done it. And so, and, and it was accepted by saying, this is the way. And maybe that's a stretch. Maybe some people like, Roman, I can't believe you're even saying that comparing, you know, Christians or anything. It's all to spiritual, from, man. Right, sure. And so, but but I, I love that idea. I love the idea that it was, you know, the way that he lived his life, the way that his people lived his life were, were they were different, they were set apart, and they were intentional about doing it. And they were also intentional about saying this is the way. And as Christians, I know it might be weird for us to just start being like, this is the way. But it is, though. Yeah. It is. And and we live our lives differently, and we live our lives to be set apart because it is the way. You know, I think about, um, I think about like the concept of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I think about how the way the world works and the way it, at some level that we're hardwired is that when somebody does something to us or somebody close to us or when they cheat us or when they take advantage of us or when they, you know, um, I don't know, just when somebody does us wrong yeah, and we feel violated, that there is this sense that, you know, we need revenge. We need justice. We need, you know, we, we have to do something about that, mm-hmm. Right. And there is something that if you ever watch or you're ever in a situation where you have been forgiven, you know, we talked when we were talking about relationships last season, right? Right. We talked about forgiveness and we talked about how, um, how powerful that can be on both sides to both to receive forgiveness and to forgive and to, to give forgiveness mm-hmm. um, on somebody. We talked about how, you know, you can forgive somebody without them ever asking for it. Yeah. And that, I think, forgiveness is, to me, a perfect example of something that is so countercultural and counterintuitive and paradoxical yeah. in that it just doesn't seem logical. Why would you do that? If somebody owed you because they did something wrong, why would you let that go? Why, why, why? It doesn't make any sense. Well, this is the way. Yeah. Like, well, this This is the way. Like, this is, 
This is the way and there. But when you're doing that, and, and Jesus says this on the Sermon of the Mount, forgive others so that your heavenly father will forgive you. This is the way. This yeah. is how it works. Mm-hmm. You you like to be forgiven. I know you like to be forgiven. I enjoy, Roman, yeah. I, I, I enjoy forgiveness too. Yeah. And so guess what? The way is that we like to be forgiven. We need to forgive. Yeah. We need to forgive. That lines us up with the creative energy of the universe mm-hmm. in forgiveness. So forgiveness is just one example. I think we could also right. talk about generosity, sacrifice, mercy, oh, yeah. a, a lot of other things, but I just wanted to at least give that example. Yeah, I mean, we could we could literally go through the list of the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it would be fantastic. We'd also be here for like four hours. Um, which no, Peace, love, right. all, all, all those things. Absolutely, and, and I think that I... I sort of want to, as you know, we got about 10 minutes left right now. And, and, I, and I really kind of want to sort of go back to the original question, yeah, do it, which do was, it. okay, we're, we're talking about the idea of what the perfect church could be. And I'm going to give a, 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 an overly simplified answer because that's the kind of person that I am. But like the perfect church would be like Jesus. That's it. And, and I know that that's like, oh, wow, Roman, I told you, I told you it was way oversimplified. And, and I know that, that that goes into things like like forgiveness and, and love and joy and peace and patience, all the kind of stuff that like I'm not good at on a regular basis. Um, but I wear a bracelet that is not fancy. And, and a lot of people at some point have probably owned this bracelet, but it says WWJD. If you don't know what that means, it's what would Jesus do? So if you've been in a coma for the past 30 years... Thank you for that explanation of what WWJD means. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. All right, that's fair. Probably people haven't been living under a rock. Um, but anyway, I, it's it's one of those things that's supposed to be like a reminder of, you know, how would Jesus, what, what, how would he handle this situation? Right. And um, it's, I mean, I don't know, like how long has this bracelet been out? For, forever, right? right. For, as, for as long as I can remember anyway. And um, and it, it maybe it's oversimplified, but sometimes I think simple is like, the, the, I don't know. I was told very often, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Um, I was actually told that today, which is incredible. Um, but sounds like something my dad might say, right? Well, um, <laughs> I heard that in the army a fair amount. <laughs> um, but I, I think the idea there is very genuine and real and, well, it gives you something, right? It gives you something mm-hmm. to go back to because Jesus was a human. And so yeah. what, what would Jesus as a person have done in this situation? At least to get you thinking. Sure. Yeah. Like, okay. So the idea of the way, right? Like the idea of what would, how would Jesus handle the situation in, you know, this is the way, well, what is, what is the way in this situation? Yeah. How does that work? And, and, and how can I be better at that? And, and how can we collectively be better at that? Because I think that it's, it's more important than just an individual. Cause if we can do it collectively, there's a greater influence. Um, because there's more reach yeah. and that's, that's like one of the big goals, right? Is to reach as many as we possibly can. And sometimes, I, and maybe this is just a Roman opinion here, but I think that sometimes people get really caught up in this whole like quality Christian thing. And I don't ever remember Jesus being like, Hey, make sure you go grab a few and may, turn them into really quality ones. But the ones over there that probably aren't going to be that quality, you can just like let them do their own thing. Uh, he just says, bring them, bring them to me. Get them here, all of them, as many as you can. Yeah, well, he do, he does, but at the same time, you know, when he, when too many people start following him, he starts saying things like "eat my flesh and drink my blood," and then they all start turning away. Right. Hey, well, so you know. he wasn't necessarily about 
saying what he would need to say to bring the most people. So there were things that he said that I think were challenging. Sure. And if people didn't have ears to hear, maybe they couldn't hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that if we live in some of these ways, it will be compelling. Now, it won't be compelling to anybody because like the forgiveness thing, I mean, if you're out for blood <laughs> right. and then and then I'm on your team and I'm advocating for forgiveness, that's not going to be compelling to you, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. That's going to that's going to upset your sense of of justice. Right. Um so you said what would Jesus do? I think that's that's a good one. One that I that sticks with me. Um there's a guy uh Don Miller who wrote Blue Like Jazz, but also wrote a, a follow-up book that I found uh, really compelling that was I think it was called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. It was about um them making the movie of his book, Blue Like Jazz, which sounds like a weird concept for a book, but the book oh, was yeah. about them making the script and filming the movie of the book, of, of the movie about his book. And he said that one, one of the things he learned as they were developing the script and almost like rewriting his autobiography, which he said was surreal, is he said um, that when, if you think about your life as a narrative, I mean, we all sort of live our own personal story. Yeah. And if you think about yourself, I don't mean this in a selfish way, but if you think about it narratively, if you think about this, yourself as the main character in the story, mm-hmm. then he said, you know, ask yourself, what is the most interesting thing that the main character would do next? Yeah. Like, like when, when you're thinking about what would be the most interesting thing. And I, that was always... Because I think if you are guided, again, if you're guided by the fruits of the Spirit, if you're, if you're guided by the way Jesus lived, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times in the Jesus stories, the reason they are so compelling is because it's like you're reading them, and what he does, it's like, ooh, that's interesting. Like, yeah. okay, wait, he engages this person who, who he's a Jew, and... Jews are not supposed to talk to these people sure. or he, he goes and you know, this leader comes to him at night and he talks to him in this weird way, or he, you know, he, he spits in the mud and rubs it on this guy's face. I mean, Jesus always seems to be doing like the most interesting next thing, Yeah. which in back to your point seems to draw people to him. I mean, there's some people who were turned off by it, but most of the people who were turned off by it, were the people who stood to lose power. Mm. Yeah. No, I, for sure. And, and and I think that as we sort of start to get into the idea of how this could affect the the people around us, yeah. um, that kind of brings us into what we're going to talk about next week. And the, the idea of... Um, sort of in, in, in living the way in, in, in trying to be the way as much as possible. Right. Um, there will be some conflict. There will be people that disagree. There will be people that, that don't like what you're doing. And so, and you might disagree with other people, right? right, Exactly. 100%. And, and it's, and, and so how can the idea of next week is how can we maintain peace within that? Yeah. What does that look like? What does mm -hmm. being a peacemaker look like? Um, in situations where there's conflict, where there's differing opinions, mm-hmm. when we're talking about, I mean, we've talked about politics, we've talked about racial relations, we've talked about gender, yeah. there's all kinds of other things we could go through, but in, in all those kinds of circumstances, how do you maintain peace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if, if, if you can, you know, if that can be an end goal for you, 
Um, because I, I mean, hopefully the idea here is for the relationships that we build are pointing towards Christ and, um, you know, he's the Prince of Peace. And so it is, it is an interesting idea here that, um, you know, it, it's hard sometimes to not go out. And I mean, this is me speaking for myself to like prove somebody wrong or to even at times make them look bad or make them look wrong. Instead oh, especially of, if they are dead wrong. You just, you know, like, yeah, oh, you, they're just open to be pounced on. Right. right. Yeah. And, and so how can how can I find a way for it to at least make an attempt as much as I possibly can to to keep peace, to be a peacemaker. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's, it will, it will be at some, it will sometimes be completely impossible. Um, I think, I mean, I know that, you know, Christ can do and God can do whatever they desire, but sometimes it's going to be seemingly yeah. impossible. Yep. And so, um, what are this, what, what do we think we can do to at least try to keep peace as much as possible. That's 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 the idea for next week. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, all right. So, um, you know, just want to thank you guys for being with us this week. Um, it was a lot of fun, and uh, really hope you can be with us next week as uh, we talk about, um, you know, how to be peacemakers. Uh, you guys have a blessed day.